Hey there, Chip Close here, host of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. This is your last chance. If you want to get your tickets to the P3 Marketing Summit, I want you to go now. The link is in the show notes. You can also go to restaurantstrategypodcast.com. You'll see a banner at the top. Click that. You can go get your tickets there. It says three days, five workshops, two different parties, open bar at both of them. You are going to have a blast. You're going to be surrounded with a bunch of other really smart, passionate restaurant owners. I'm going to be there. I'm co-hosting the event with Rev Ciancio. Ton of great sponsors, really smart people taking the stage, actionable, very highly tactical. That's what the event is all about. January 14th, 15th, and 16th, it's uh, happening in Columbia, South Carolina. It's a great food town. I want you to be there if you can be there. Again, go get your tickets at restaurantstrategypodcast.com. You'll see the banner across the top. That link is also in the show notes. And then make sure to come back because today I'm sitting down with the co-founders of Pop Menu, Brendan and Tony. A great conversation. We're following up on the last conversation. Uh, if you don't know what Pop Menu is, is, stick around. If you know what it is or you think you know what it is, uh, wait till you hear everything they've been working on and everything they've got coming uh, down the line. Great conversation. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the country through my P3 Mastermind program. This is a group coaching program that meets for two hours every single week where we gather uh, dozens and dozens of restaurant owners from all around the country onto that call to work through the, uh, the specific challenges we face in our industry. To date, we've got more than 100 people in the program spread across three different groups. We're getting ready to cap the third group and open a fourth group. If you struggle to generate a consistent, predictable 20% profit, then I want you to set up a free call with me or someone from my team. We'll get to hear about what's going on at your restaurant. You'll get to ask questions about what the, the mastermind is all about, and we'll see if you're a good fit. The way you do that is visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Set up that free call. Grab some time on the calendar. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Okay. Thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because, let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from the work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And guess what? There's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips, so managers are constantly making bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And... 
Employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have KickFin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds. No hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo, and yes, you'll find that link in the show notes. So, my guests on today's show are two of the co-founders of Pop Menu. Pop Menu, as you are probably well aware, is a sponsor of this show. They've been a sponsor of the show for the last several years because I love their product. I love the solutions they provide. I love the way they're working to help ease uh, owners and operators, the work that they do, and make it easier to attract and, and, and transact and remarket to their customers Today, I got to welcome Brendan Sweeney back to the show and Tony Roy back to the show. Guys, it's great having you. Thanks, Chip. Great to be with you. Thanks for having us back. And and uh, all the kind words go your your way as, as well, too. We're, we're big fans of, of what you do and how you're helping the industry. I appreciate you guys. I think in the last year, I've moved no less than a dozen of my clients over to Pop Menu from various other platforms. So, I mean... It's, uh, you know, like I said, I, that happens anyway, but it's uh, it, it's been uh, definitely a cool year awesome. um, to watch people upgrade uh, their stuff, their tech stack and all that. Um, I want, before we get into um, all the new stuff you're working on, um, we take for granted that we, uh, we know this product. Uh, you certainly know this product very, very well. Uh, there are a lot of listeners who may not know this product. So if you can, and I don't know who wants to take the, uh, the mic on this one, but... Uh, Walk me back. Walk the listeners back. Um, explain sort of where you guys started, what the product is, really what it is now, and what's the problem that you guys solve. Somebody would come to you if they are struggling with you fill in the blank. You want me to go or are you going to go? Go ahead, Tony. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, first of all, I love the fact that you said the problems you're trying to solve. I think there's a very big difference, certainly in uh, technology when it comes to SMB restaurants. I think a lot of people push a product, you know, not... Uh, not necessarily solving problems. Um, Pop Menu, in a nutshell, is basically an all-in-one platform that really focuses on how restaurants drive people to their business, how they engage with them, so they ultimately transact uh, more more efficiently, uh, and they come back more consistently over time. Uh, and what that means is is our ability to consolidate so many things, anything they're using today in terms of their digital footprint to attract guests and to engage with them and ultimately bring them in as, as customers is already in the Pop Menu platform. You know, starting with the website, which of course is really driven by the dynamic menu. You know, that gives consumers all the things they look for in making a dining or transactional decision. And then email, social media, SMS, online ordering, all those things are in the backend tool. All the systems talk to each other. A lot of it's automated, which we know is giving time back to the restaurants. You can give them a great piece of data but if you rely on them to take the action, a lot of times it doesn't happen just because they're so busy. So what we've tried to do is simplify things for the restaurant tour by putting everything in one spot, automating uh, as much as we can to take it off their plate and then showing them what's working and what they should be doing next. I think the uh, three fundamental problems we solve is, I always say like our first responsibility is to help a restaurant drive more guests to their business, whether that's coming to dine in, whether that's ordering online, whether that's catering. The second responsibility is to convert more of those visitors into the transaction path and learn about them through that process. And then the last thing is by learning about their uh, tendencies and things they love, things they want to try, we can remarket to them in a way that is much more focused and ultimately we get them back you know, 10 times a year instead of four. I think those are fundamentally the problems we're trying to solve, among other things. Yeah, I love it. 
I, I love it. So really what you're talking about now is something that we don't talk about enough in our industry, which is, um, which is customer journey, right? How does somebody discover uh, a business? How does somebody discover a solution? Uh, what draws them in? What were the first, second, and third steps that, that, you know, where does their curiosity take them? When do they ultimately make the decision? Um, how does the experience then launch them into future experiences and how do we keep remarketing to them and nurture that relationship? The way you just described it, uh, that's what it dawns on, uh, that's what it strikes me as, but you know, the hotel industry, I would say that the other side of our, our coin, right, the other side of hospitality, um, this is something that uh, hotels do really, really well, something that cruise ships do really well, something Disney does really well. It's not something that restaurants do really well. Why, why is that? I mean, clearly you guys are thinking about that. So why is it that, that, we're, that we're just not that good at it? I mean, I think there's, there, there's a lot to that. I mean, number one, I don't know yet of a restaurateur who got into hospitality because they love messing around with technology um, and, and sending email campaigns, texting out offers, things like that. Um, people, the, the, the reason for being in this business is, is a lot different than the reason for being in a lot of other businesses. Um, also, it's just the busiest damn job in the world. And it's, it's very, very complex. And it, it's funny um, how often we talk to investors and have to kind of walk them through just how different the dynamics are for a restaurant operator versus any other business, any other business period. So I think just the, the general kind of chaotic nature of the job, the breadth of the job makes it so hard to evaluate new technology and bring it on. And so what do you have? You have a, I'll just do what I have to do when I have to do it when it comes to technology <laughs> and marketing. And what does that yeah. result in? It results in lots of basic point solutions that might take on one thing definitely doesn't communicate with any other point solutions and certainly doesn't have a, a deep holistic view of the customer the way most of the businesses you mentioned and, and mo my, most modern businesses have now. Um, and so we always talk about Amazon. I, I think Chip, you and I talked about Amazon uh, before on this, on this podcast. And it's like, why, why is your shopping cart so big when you get to the end of, a, of an Amazon checkout? It's because they know everything about you. What have you looked at? What have you searched for? What have you shared? What have you reviewed? What are you reading? What are you, what are you saying to Alexa? You know, like they have this unbelievable consolidated view of the customer. Um, and, and that leads to, I'm making perfect recommendations to you. I know what offers to send when. I know when you haven't been back for a while, how to get you back. That, that's what we're talking about is, is really kind of customer data platform I don't like using that terminology in, in restaurants because it sounds, it's just, it sounds too puffy. We've been talking for years in this industry about, we need to know guests better. And it's like, no, you need to know them better and you do something with it. Um, and right. so, and so all that to say, like, it's, we haven't had the tools in the space. There's been very few, even just consumer facing first party tools in, in, in restaurant tech. When there are, they tend to be really focused on uh, franchises, chains, you know, big groups, enterprise. Um, and so the, the lack of tooling is one, the, the, the chaotic nature of the work is another and, and not just chaotic, but it's so different, you know, from these other businesses that you mentioned where you're not sitting in front of a computer saying, Hey, how can technology help me? And so, yeah. you know, uh, and so restaurateurs are very focused on the part of the customer journey they can control right in front of them. And so we're trying to help with really the rest of the customer journey. So talk to me, so then talk to me about that. I want to drill down 
deeper into two things you said. Number one, the operator's really good at the customer journey that's right in front of them, and that's the steps of service, that the experience itself. And, and I would agree with you. Yeah. We spend so much time, and an outsized amount of time, on that and very little, if anything, on all the other parts of it. So I want to drill down, and I want you to explain that. And then I want you to go back and talk to, uh, talk to me about Amazon. Yeah. And how you're taking a page from Amazon, because I imagine this has to do with the holistic view. So you can answer those in in either uh, in either order, but but those are the next two places I want to go. Got it. I'll start with the Amazon one, and you can remind me of the second one after. So I think <laughs> right, like when we first built Pop Menu, it was a very simple. It was a point solution, and the problem we were trying to solve was. When you go as a consumer to discover your next dining destination, when you go to the source, which is the restaurant website, you would get text. Might be a PDF, might be plain HTML. In any case, it was, it was text, which we all know is, uh, anyway, it's a poor description, a poor, poor way to sell what is a very sense-oriented business. Uh, I used to say sensual business and people acted like that was creepy. So a sense-oriented business, um, selling that with text is odd. Um, and, and we also thought, okay, third-party platforms, um, the review platforms were controlling too much, in our opinion, of how people would find their next dining destination because they had more than the text. They had what we want now and what we've been trained um, to, to look for when it comes to making any purchasing decision, the photos and the reviews and the ratings, et cetera. Um, and so for me, I mean, our product team, uh, and our, our founding team, I mean, we're, we're product people. We've experienced this problem as consumers. We knew how to build to solve it for the businesses. And our hypothesis was, if all of this is happening, all of this criteria is there, and it feels like a modern e-commerce experience, even when you're just browsing, like we were not doing ordering for the first two years uh, of our business, mm -hmm. two and a half. Um, and so we weren't even thinking about ordering. We were saying it should feel like an e-com site. It should feel like you're browsing an e-com site um, when you're looking for for dishes, you know, and for for looking through just evaluating a restaurant. And and what we knew, but what we we didn't know the degree to which this would be true. But what we knew to be true was if you walk people through a modern e-commerce experience like that with multi-step funnel, multiple calls to action, you get all this unbelievable data. You know, what is Chip looking at? What is he searching for? What is he, you know, interacting with? Um, we built in all kinds of mechanisms for that, whether it's leaving a direct review, whether it's rating uh, a dish, whether it's sharing it, et cetera. And we knew inherently that those, that those factors would later come back into play as data points to use to personalize marketing. So Amazon's doing all that. Amazon has been doing all that for a long, long time. And I think we just, by nature, were educated by how they approach a consumer experience. We really just kind of applied that to even browse. I would, I would just add real quick uh, that, because uh, I think he, he touches on a key point, but think about at a basic level, my wife is vegan. Uh, if she gets a text message that is generic and it's about barbecue pork ribs, she's not going to engage. In fact, she might disengage, right? But if she, if she, if you know that she's a vegetarian or vegan because that's how she's interacting and purchasing on your site, that top of the funnel insights, now it gives restaurants the ability to market in a way that's highly focused and it dramatically improves the conversion rate of, of the marketing efforts, right? And so that's why we focus on the menu because it's the, it's the primary decision point. And for too long, people have focused on everything else without understanding more about their customer. And what, what better thing can you know about your customer than the things that they enjoy and things they want to try and what brought them to your site? You know, so I think that's a key element of it. 
So that what I was going to say is that I think all of this brings us to the other question, the other thing I wanted to do, which is that talk to me about how this does drive in um, business. Talk to me about how this helps operators with the other aspects of the customer journey. And maybe talk to me nuts and bolts of like, how do you, I mean, are you tagging, you know, is the system auto tagging and segmenting your list so that you say, hey, hit everybody with a vegetarian tag with this text. Talk to me about how the, how, how pop menu does that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome question. Um, it starts with the web experience, uh, you know, and, and, and mostly that's mobile, but it starts with giving the consumer the experience they want, you know, the, like, like I said, the photos, et cetera, and, and treating it like a modern e-commerce funnel. What that does is it just steers them through the site. So they're evaluating things. They're looking at things. We're capturing data. Um, and so we're getting an understanding of them. They're getting an understanding of us just putting photos in there. I mean, from the beginning of the business, just, just making the, the photos and reviews and even to a degree, the ratings, um, you know, uh, right there at the dish level in the menu, we heard from clients early on all kinds of benefits from it. Hey, people are coming in, regulars are ordering things they had never ordered before. Like they had the same favorite over and over, but then they saw a picture of something else while they were looking at the menu and said, I want to try that. And they wouldn't have tried it before. And so that's, that's one benefit, but really you can say, Hey, people who had come, who would have seen text and and maybe not been compelled or maybe go to a third party platform and been lost to a competitor now they're coming in so so that already starts with that simple ux it starts bringing more and more people in um we are in a way tagging people with whatever we learned about them not in a creepy way none of this is no one's going to do anything with the fact that you like a bacon cheeseburger you know like there's no there's no kind of creepy hack personally identifiable information kind of uh, downside to this. Um, we do collect this data and, and, and it, you know, it's a, it's a stack. Like we, we start with what, what were the Google terms you used to come to the site in the first place? Then we, then we can see as you move through different menu sections, we can see as you interact with certain dishes. Um, and then we can supplement that with, with data like ordering, we're keeping track of, and, and so we use that to send messages. And so those could be email, those could be text, um, could be social posts. Um, and then we're tracking how you're responding to those. So are you opening those emails? Uh, are you clicking through? Are you opening that offer, that event, things like this. And so it's really just kind of a read and react system where we, we, we want to know as much as we can about you um, so that we can make the best offer to you that again, is going to have, you know, the, the biggest impact on your purchasing pattern. Um, and it is fulfilled through all kinds of ongoing, more and more automated communication. Um, and then over the last year, I mean, we heard from restaurants over and over, like, what am I getting from this? I, I'm paying more for you guys than I paid for a website. Um, is it working? So we developed for really a year ROI features to tell, hey, what did this specific email drive? What did this specific text drive uh, in terms of real uh, click-through orders, in terms of uh, like subsequent orders after you opened, um, we're soon adding in more things like uh, external links clicked for other ordering providers or for reservations, things like that. So people can really understand, hey, this platform with multiple touch points is actually driving people to various transaction uh, actions, transaction activities. Um, and we're going to tell you what those are and we're putting a value on it. And, and you can do it, you will with that. But what most people are saying is, wow, that helps me understand that I need to push another email out. I need to send another text. I need to do 
whatever. Yeah. The fact that it's so personalized towards actions that we know about about the guests, preferences of the guests, uh, means that they're way more performant than your average communications. And so MailChimp, they, they say hospitality emails, about 19.5% open rate, like a one or just under one click-through rate. Our automated personalized emails, which still have a long way to go, still pretty early days with those, even though we've been doing it for years, um, you're talking 50, 60, 70% open rate, and you're talking three, five, 9% click-through rates. Why does that happen? Yep. Because it's personalized, and it is a lot like bringing it back to Amazon. Hey, why did I buy that thing? Because you saw that I searched in that category. You saw that I evaluated yep. some products, and then you said, I'm going to push... I'm going to push them this exact thing that's going to match their needs and they take it. And so it's, it's a lot like that. And just to give yeah, you a, and I want to enter, just to give I you want a quick interject summary really quickly that. here. Okay, wait, wait, hold that one second. I want to interject yeah. really quickly. So because the listeners here are a lot of independent operators mm -hmm. and this is going to be new to a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So I just want to pause here and just take a step back. One of the things that I say all the time is that if uh, we laid out 10 phones on the, uh, on the table and picked up, 10 different and went to Amazon on each of those phones, it would be a wildly different Amazon yes. that Brendan, if you went to my Amazon, you would not like it because Amazon is so good at showing me the things that I want to see. Likewise, I'm sure I'm going to open up your thing and that stuff's not really going to speak to me. Likewise, the personalized emails that you get from Amazon and listen, Macy's and Bloomingdale's and Best Buy, they've all gotten really, really good at this. We're just so far behind in the yeah. industry. Yeah. And what I think is happening we're getting out of, and I think you know this, but again, for the listener's sake, I think five years from now, we're not going to use the word blast anymore. I don't think there are going to be blasts. We're not sending a, an email a week or an email every two weeks. What I think we're doing is we're sending six or seven or eight emails a week, but any one person's only getting one, maybe two of them because they're so hyper-targeted based on the purchase behavior, the messaging that's in there, what we know they're going to want to hear about that's where we're going in all this. I know you said you joked, right? Oh, we're in the stone age, the early days of this automation and this segmentation, but, but that's where we're going. That's what you guys are, are building. And I just want to make sure I understand that and that the, the audience understands that. that thousand percent, thousand percent correct. And I, I, I couldn't like, I hope, I hope lots of restaurants listen to you because it's, you, you, you've got it. You're not selling us, you know, um, you're, you're selling like the future. This is, this is where the business will go. And it's great for everybody. It's great for the consumer because I don't need, I mean, there are literally some rest. I sign up for every restaurant email. I'm always like, well, what am I going to get from them? I like to see it. I like to go back and look at patterns. I, I've signed up for something like 260 or 270 yeah. different because it just makes me better at what I do. But yes, a go ahead. Absolutely. And it's painful when you see someone like will literally send the same <laughs> damn email every day and it's just hey 10% off 10% off 10% off that's not compelling to anybody and you have to keep because you have such a low take rate such a low open and click through rate on that it's got to be brute force well i can tell you that these generative tools are removing the number one barrier people have to sending communications out and that's writing a message like no one likes to start they'll they're good at editing they don't like to start so what's going to happen flood of of emails um, and we've been working in AI a lot. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get more into it, but ChatGPT is just like any other technology. Like it's only as good as your inputs. And so I've talked about this uh, a few times when we talk about the topic of AI, but it's like if hundred restaurants go out right now and say, write me a taco Tuesday email. Yes, it'll be slightly different 
because that's how <laughs> large language models work. Um, but it's really essentially going to be the same thing over and over. And so you, all hundred get sent out. That's, that's not going to be differentiated. People are going to, there's going to be all kinds of new spam tools, filtering tools. They filter out all the, et cetera. We have this, because we have this dynamic UX on the top of funnel, like I, like I mentioned, uh, and top of funnel, what I mean is when people are going through the menu, when they're interacting with dishes and when we're collecting this personalization data, it literally means one of our clients could have 10,000 people in their database and they could say, send out, you know, do, do our blast, but it could literally be a different email for every single person and not just slightly different. It could be based on three, four, five, ten parameters that we have that we know about them. Um, and that's exciting because then you're not going to have to send 50 emails, you know, to, to get kind of a max return in a month. You could send two. So you guys are already, this is already part of the platform because one of the things I wanted to talk about was AI because we did the AI phone answering yes. last time, um, which I was blown away. Yeah. If you want to watch uh, like, a, like a kid try his first taste of candy, um, it's <laughs> go back and I'm going to include the link to the previous two interviews that awesome. we've done here. Yeah. Uh, but the last time it was so good. It was blown away and I'm sure it's only gotten better. So yeah. I want to talk about that and I want to talk about the development of that. And then I did want to talk about the other ways that you're utilizing AI, but let's sort of, let's sort of back into it here. So you're saying that in your sort of email service provider piece to pop menu, this is already a feature that's been rolled out so yes so there, there are automated emails that have been a part of the platform for for years i wouldn't i wouldn't say these are necessarily ai driven they're just smart and so that that just tells you how much further we have to go with them um, we've actually done regression analysis on our ordering clients who have our automated emails turned on by the way it's a feature included in our main platform when you have them turned on it ends up accounting for four to five it ends up generating four to $500 in ordering revenue a month, just, just turning them on. Um, and we're just taking that topic. And then, and then we have, you know, we do have all this tagging. We do have this guest profile that has all kinds of data. There is segmentation available. You can go and do some interesting things, but that's not interesting to me because I don't think people really want to do that. What's interesting to me is the system just is going to keep doing more and more of it for you. Um, and so that's where we've gone now. Um, and, and Tony can definitely jump in on this in a second, but, um, over the last month we launched our AI marketing calendar. And so what that does is it looks at all of your content and there's this massive waterfall that's going to decide on which content to prioritize when but it looks at all of your content and says, uh, I'm going to paint your whole month of marketing. And so I'm going to create a whole set of emails and texts and social posts that utilize all these rules that we know work. Um, and obviously we'll constantly refine that as, as we go. And that, that'll be our job to keep making it more and more effective. So the operator doesn't have to do it, doesn't have to touch it at all. They can just look at the ROI on it. Um, and then they can come in, let's say it's the Sunday, a week before a month kicks off, they can come in and look at everything that's been done and approve it. They can make some tweaks. They can slide dates around whatever they like. Um, and, and we use ChatGPT to write that content. And so we create the whole thing based on all the data we have, the segmentation we know uh, is effective, and then we use these generative tools to to write it out. And then you know the, the the operator just has to make a couple decisions in ten minutes, and then their month is set. And then they can go do more interesting storytelling. You know, the blocking and tackling, the basics of marketing are done. Um, it's our it's it's the fastest product we've had to market. 
it's the most quickly adopted paid product we've ever had. Um, and so, Tony, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, every business wants to do more with less, right? Um, I, I think about a customer that we have. It's based in California. I believe they have 44 locations across nine concepts. They have one marketing person. So it's impossible for them to generate the type of marketing impressions and activity that we know they need to do because there's a direct correlation between that activity and actual transactions and follower capture and things like that. So um, I think, you know, when we start out with the AI answering, you know, for 47 cents an hour, 30 cents an hour, you have now the strength of five or six team members that are great salespeople. You never have to train them because they already know everything that's happening on your site and your business. You know, and you think about the, you know, laborers are always tough in the space and that, that addresses a challenge, right? It, it solves a problem for restaurants. How do I service my guest? Uh, and do all these things when labor is so tough and all that stuff. Um, so that that was a good step. And then, you know, the AI stuff that Brendan's alluding to on the social post, I think the, the real summary is, hey, do you, we allow them to basically be the editor in chief. You know, instead of spending, you know, 30, 40 minutes to create a social post, they can literally go in there and say, I want it to be a, you know, fan, a customer favorite, and I want the tone to be energetic. And it generates the content in three seconds. And then it sends out a great post. And so now you can literally come in in the morning and do send 10 minutes and send out some tremendous activity. That's the power of AI. And I think what makes ours stronger is that it's it's pulling stuff that's actually happening in the business on the site. It's real content, it's real activity. And I think that allows restaurants to move faster and they don't have to sacrifice quality. In fact, the early results are indicating that it's performing better than when people are trying to create it for themselves. So our job is to give time back to restaurants, give time back to their teams, whether they're servicing customers or whether they're promoting the restaurant. The calendar just takes it another step further, right? It's like, hey man, we know you have an event, you know, on December 15th, like we've already created this post. There's zero reason why you wouldn't want to promote that, right? And so what happens for restaurants, they get busy, they forget, or it's expensive and they don't promote it the way they should. Uh, so the calendar basically presets the next month's activity, email, social, SMS, and it's just gonna get smarter and smarter. You know, we're the experts in the space. We know that prime ordering act activity starts on Wednesdays, for example, right? If we know that, then we can generate uh, marketing impressions that promote their online ordering link and all that stuff is happening. And it just gives time back to the restaurants and then they can go spend all this time and money back on maybe PR strategies or other things that are really valuable for the business. But um, it's all about making them smarter, faster, more efficient, and ultimately more successful. The busiest time of year is coming. So I want to know, is your staff ready for the holiday rush? This year, give your team the gift of Pop Menu AI Answering, a simple solution for phones that are ringing off the hook. AI Answering handles calls 24-7, 365 days a year, so your staff can focus on in-person guests. Customize your greetings and responses, answer common questions, promote specials, promote events, and even send follow-up links to ordering and reservations. AI Answering handles it all while escalating the more complex conversations back to your team. Never miss another tasty revenue opportunity. PopMenu, the marketing technology platform designed to make growing your restaurant easy. Discover more AI restaurant tools that turn your to-do list into an already done list by requesting a demo today. For a limited time, get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. Go now to get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. Yeah, I love this. So when, so there's like a whole suite of stuff. Like, like you said, it was a single mm -hmm. point solution many moons ago. 
Uh, and I guess not not that long ago. It, you guys have sort of exploded in the last five years or so. But talk to me about so somebody comes on and says, oh, this sounds great. Like, what are they all going to get or what are they all going to have? the option to get or what's sort of baked into the, the base product, how much of it is sort of like added on. And you know what I mean? Like the point is to create an all in one solution. So to take the overwhelm out. So how does, how does that work for, and I'm sure this is a question that uh, the listeners have right now. Yeah, we, we, we've been on a journey here. I'm very much an all in one person. I like things to be simple. I, like I, I really love, um, uh, I can't uh, potbelly sandwich because I don't know if it's still this way, but it used to be, it's, it's just the same price for every sandwich. Now just go pick what you want. And and doesn't matter with the toppings, things like that. I just like it to be easy. And if, and then in that case, the company has figured out the math. And so I don't have to, we love doing that. It turns out restaurants don't really want to do that. And, and, and it makes sense, right? 900,000 or whatever restaurants uh, in the U S and 15 million worldwide. That's 900,000 ways of doing business in the US and 15 million worldwide. Totally get it. So we start, so you can just buy a whole package from us and, and, and everything gets covered. And um, now that we have these ROI tools, it's an unbelievable thing. When you actually have all of our feature functionality and everything's turned on and you're using the AI and then it's pumping through, you know, your weekly email of ROI and things like that. It's, it, it, it just works. It's just a flywheel. It's constantly adding people, you know, automatically from your website, from ordering, from things like that. It's constantly marketing to them more and more, it's constantly generating more sales. It's a flywheel. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. Um, and so we're actually continue to kind of modularize the platform more and more so that people who don't want all the pieces don't have to take, you know, don't have to take that financial commitment. Um, and, and, and then it's on us, you know, to, to show them, Hey, you've got this and it's cooking and it's doing really well. If you add this, it's only going to augment your business more. Um, we certainly want to meet restaurants where they are when it comes to how should this be packaged, packaged and structured. Um, and so, but I, I'll just tell you that our base package, which is the pro, it includes all of your digital basics. So it includes the website, which. I mean, I was building websites for restaurants by hand over 20 years ago, and it's crazy how much more complex it's gotten. And so this is really website as a service. There's so much more to it than even kind of your basic web builders out there when it comes to defending against ADA, um, optimizing content so that the content delivery so that your big, beautiful photos are as fast as possible, things like that. So you get the website, um, you get marketing tools integrated. And so that's mass emailing. That's automated emailing, that's texting, social posting, integration with Google My Business. Um, and, and, and there's a real dynamic kind of menu management, uh, you know, approach that's in there. So it's not, you can't just go grab an off the shelf kind of web builder and do all that stuff. So all of that is in our, and is in our pro package. You can add ordering, that's a small subscription. And then there's a fee that consumers pass through. Um, you can add AI-based phone answering, which you which you mentioned. Which I think we did we did close to a million calls answered last month, well, uh, last quarter. We'll definitely do a million calls answered this quarter. Uh, we love hearing from restaurants how much time it saves them. While it, it, I mean, they're like my team. That's you know that's X hours. My team didn't have to spend answering the phone. By the way, uh, we captured every single revenue opportunity that came through there. Um, now we have the AI marketing. And so uh, that's this monthly calendar uh, that we're talking about. 
By the way, in the pro package, yeah. there is also the chat GBT based social posting that Tony talked about, where it's just going to suggest these social posts for you. You just, you either approve it and it goes, or you, you can play with it, change the yeah. tone, things like that. Yep. A bunch of um, my clients love that feature of it. That's something so, that they've raised about. They've, uh, they've raved about. It's super fun to see somebody be able to just go, uh, go crazy on, on making posts because <laughs> it takes no time. And it works yeah. like those impressions work, you know, and, and I think, I think generally restaurants are, they're, they're either, they're either super, super shy about how often do I send stuff? I don't want to offend people. I don't want to turn them off. I don't want to spam them. Or they're like, I don't care. Just, just hit them. And I, I like the idea that we, we should be the experts on that. We're going to meter it. We're going to keep you from hurting yourself. Um, and so then the last kind of product line we have is boost. And that's where we, use a combination of AI and templates and people to do, you know, more than just AI can in generating content for you. And so that team will create um, emails and social posts throughout the month, you know, for you. And so those are the five different ways, uh, different packages we have. Then within that, based on how much texting you're doing and stuff like that, um, we'll have different tiers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I want to dig into the AI answering because yeah. like I said, I was, I was blown away by it. So again, for the listeners, I don't know who wants to field this one, but for the listeners, explain what this is for someone who hasn't listened to that last interview yet yep. and doesn't know what this is. This is like the future is here. Future is definitely here. It's it. been here for a while and it's just gotten a lot better since our last time we talked to you about it. Uh, our AI answering product basically is, uh, it answers the phones for restaurants. Uh, and the way I like to describe it is I think every restaurant should understand. I think they do. But every call to a restaurant is a transaction. Every single one. Nobody calls a restaurant without the intent to be a patron of that of that business. What our system does, though, is it's a lot more than just press one for ordering or two for catering. A lot of times people will call with qualifying questions. Uh, do you cook with peanut oil because my friend's son is allergic? And if I can't get a quick and accurate response to that, I assume it's a negative response and I don't choose the restaurant. So our AI answering, again, for the equivalent of a 30 to 47 cents an hour, you can handle three, 400 calls at one time. You know everything about the business. Uh, if you're calling to place an order, it's gonna send you a link to the online ordering menu where now they see a dynamic menu where your high profit item is featured, your signature dish is featured. Uh, the customer now knows that they can leave a review, which again, helps you down the road with future sales and how you engage with other guests so it basically just takes over the phone and it, it answers all those things that you know you don't want to disturb a, a server who's over there servicing an eight top you don't want to pull them away to go answer a question that you close at nine o'clock on sunday and so real hospitality is not putting somebody on hold for an extended period getting somebody a, a busy signal real hospitality is giving them quick accurate answers to all their questions and then making things like uh, doing a reservation or adding themselves to the wait list or getting an online order placed. All that becomes a lot easier because now it's done through the technology. So and I will tell you that every quarter we continue to set new records because I think people understand that it's solving a massive problem, right? Uh, there's a, a big restaurant group that advertises a job today on the Huge. job boards and uh, roughly $22, $23 an hour plus benefits and all those other things. Um, if you're going to pay that type of person, do you want them to provide real hospitality to the people who are right there in front of you? And uh, answering allows them to do all those things. Hopefully that worked. And, and it, that, that did work. 
good job. It, it, and it goes beyond that too. Like there's there's other little conveniences. I, I do think when people think of phones, they're like, oh, I'm gonna have to put some hardware in. I'm gonna have to do this, this, and this. I'm gonna be in these long contracts. And how am I gonna get my voicemail? Can the team get the voicemail, you know? And, and, and so we're also taking voicemail, transcribing it, putting it right in the pop menu app for owners. Um, we're categorizing it, his catering or his reservation or whatever. As we apply more and more AI, we can say, hey, we did a sentiment analysis on this message or on this call. They sound, this is a great catering opportunity. You should, you should respond right now. Or, hey, this person's really pissed off and they're probably gonna go, you know, flame you on social. You should respond, you know, quickly to That's help cool. them. So everything just, everything we're about really becomes, there's a way of doing something in the restaurant today that has, it, it tends to be, that's guest facing. And it's 10 steps or it's all this cost or it's these vendors or it's this and this. And it's like, we're just focused on how can we take that from 10 steps to five or, or, or to four, you know, no matter what it is. And answering is just a great example of that where we just hear so many uh, uh, great stories about there's, there's one client in, in uh, Laguna Beach who is like, my hosts used to never greet anyone when they walked up what they uh, the, the, the guests walking up would get greeted with uh, a top of the head as they're looking down at the phone and kind of writing a reservation, right. taking note or whatever. And they're like, now we never lose a reservation. We never lose an ordering opportunity. And every single person who walks up, yeah, obviously they get busy, but you know, the, every single person that walks up, it's like, I can begin giving great hospitality with a great smile, et cetera, before they get seated. Well and it's exactly right, right? I mean, taking an order over the phone is a transaction. Anything transactional like that can be uh, automated, can be done by the robots. And I loved it when we did the when we did the demo of it. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's like, hi, thank you for calling, you know, Tony's Malibu, whatever it was. And it's like, you know, and, and that was the way the phone answered, right? It said, yeah. you know, thank you for calling Tony's Malibu Burgers. Uh, you're looking to place a, you know, you're looking to order, uh, you're looking to place an order. And I said, yes. And they said, great. Easiest way to do that is uh, online. I just texted you uh, a link. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, if that's a problem or whatever, if you want to order online, just to hang on and press one, you know, or say, you know, speak to somebody. But what happens is you're you're taking at least 50 percent of that traffic and sending it somewhere yes. where it's going to be easily captured and they can do it themselves. And they just didn't realize they didn't have the link. Now they do have the link. Um, yeah, I, I loved that. And you can also bundle an offer of with it. You, you can say, hey, we're going to yeah. send you to the best way to order and we're going to give you 10% off just for using it. And all of a sudden, it's all of a sudden you've, you've so given smart. them the efficient ordering path and you've kept them away from a third party ordering experience and you save yourself 20, 30% yep. on it. I think a, a fun thing, um, I know Tony created a, a funny demo uh, when we did it for you, a funny custom message for you. But one of the fun things yeah. is like, like early on when we were developing the product, we heard, um, you know, I, I want it to, ref I don't want it to sound like a robot. I want it to reflect my hospitality. And so the real unlock for this product, when people really started finding value in it was when we offered the opportunity to customize responses to everything. And so instead of, do you have trivia and them saying, yes, it becomes, do you have <laughs> trivia? Oh, we have the best trivia in Atlanta. It's on Wednesday night. Uh, Tony DJs in between questions. We have a wing special. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, you can sell. And it's funny. I met with a, I met with an owner. Um, I was out in Brea and she was like, I don't let, I don't let 
those kids answer the phone. I don't trust them. Uh, every phone yeah. call gets routed to my, <laughs> every phone call gets routed to my phone. And so the owner, literally, she would take every single call because yeah. she didn't trust how anybody would answer. Well, now Which I, is sad, but true, right? Which is sad. And because we hire somebody at 20, 22, $24 an hour, and we try to teach them everything yeah. about the restaurant and hope that they'll remember and hope that they'll do what we want. Or we could just have the computer and tell it everything it needs to know. Yeah. It's never going to get sassy. It's never going to get snippy. It's never going to get, you know, it's never going to forget. Yeah. It's never going to not do what we want it to do. Exactly. Just just tell it once how you want it to answer everything and you're good. And and the, the thing there, too, is that, I mean, that's we built that. That's proprietary AI tech. Like, it's obviously built on Twilio and, and, and Google and things like that. But um it wasn't an off-the-shelf you know uh, kind of generative yep. tool now we can start integrating some of these tools as they become more and more available to sharpen up what we're doing or to enhance it to do you know different things that might be harder for us whether that's different you know like voice cloning we've we've had a lot of restaurant owners say can you just clone my voice um and it's like yeah soon probably and and i get it you oh. know it's like hey yeah thanks for calling chips restaurant this is chip I mean, we've done some we've we've been messing around with in my business. We've been messing around with Ringless voicemail and we've been vo uh, messing around with voice cloning yeah. and it's freaky. I mean, yeah. now there's a huge data set of 280 some episodes of restaurant strategy. I talk a lot on the Internet, so they've got a lot to pull from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like it's sort of me. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I think, you know, the number one barrier to most technology but especially ai but then especially like the phone is is operators have a real sensitivity to i don't want people to feel like we're this robot company i don't want people to think that we're just tech whatever faceless um and i think as people interact with it they start to see um hey it, it's not that bad it's definitely not like calling up a cable provider and getting the you know yeah five minute Agreed. intro and all that. Um, but it's actually then when you start to see the flexibility and you just start to see what it can do, you say, wow, this is going to make my business better. It's going to save me a ton of time and I'm going to capture opportunities. So, and this, 100%. this, this comes back to everything with restaurant tech, which is restaurants are hesitant to give things a chance. Uh, and I understand why <laughs> you lose a few customers because you know, something goes down that, that that's tough. You know, it's tough on the operator, it's tough on margins, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, I see it as our responsibility to get better and better at making it easy to just pop it into your life. Um, but I do think restaurants also have to understand, hey, as you go into tech world more and more, there's also got to be a little bit of grace there, you know, in that it's funny because it is like hospitality, you know, like like running a software company, doing software is like hospitality because you got to get up every day and do it. You're not just, you know, creating a product and shipping it out and it's over. Every single day, you have to keep giving service. Every single day, uh, you, you have to keep getting better and better. Um, I think tech companies know they always have to evaluate new tools. Um, and I think restaurants are learning that. And, and you just have to make time for it. You have to make space for testing it. You have to make space for evaluating it. Yep. I, I think uh, it was funny. Um, I've gone on the record of saying that, you know, as crazy as the last few years have been, with restaurants and tech and, and all the upheaval, I, I think, so let's say the last three years, as crazy as it was, I think the next three yeah. years are going to be even crazier. Oh, man. I, I think, <laughs> I, I mean, I, re I really do. Yeah, yeah I really I do agree. believe it because I've said this before in the podcast, uh, listeners uh, know that I say this, but um, 
the model of restaurant that we currently use was only invented like 200, 250 years ago. French I mean, Revolution. Restaurants yep. have been around. <laughs> restaurants have been around for thousands of years. Yeah. And the one that we use that we're so precious about was invented 250 years ago where there was all of these things they just didn't have. Yeah. And I guarantee you that in Paris, 1783 or whatever, if they had the tools that we now have, um, they absolutely would have done things differently. They don't like to pay for things that they, they don't need to they are would just be just as eager as we currently are to come up with better solutions. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about technology is that we resist it, especially in the restaurant industry. We yeah. love to resist it. But we look at, right, when we look at kiosks and restaurants, right, kiosks are overwhelmingly net promoter score positive, mm -hmm. a step in the right direction, plus uh, increased check average, better retention rate, you know, all of those things, on and on and on that the experience of going into Taco Bell and dealing with some sassy kid who doesn't <laughs> want to be there or just going to a really beautifully designed kiosk, you know, this giant, you know, 27-inch, 32-inch screen that that's fun to use, that's I'm like, I I'm sorry, it, you're never going to convince me that going to the register and dealing with the sassy cashier at Taco Bell is better than using the kiosk. The same thing can be said of the airport, right? Yeah. 20 years ago, we all waited in line to check in and check our bags. Now we're more than capable of going and using a self-serve kiosk. And the people at behind the desk just take care of the people who really have issues that the computer can't deal with. Same thing with ATMs. Same thing when we pump our gas. I mean, like, on do I need to talk to some grumpy guy who's going to process? Like, I, I really don't. I, I can just deal with a computer. The computer is the kiosk, is the where I put my credit card in and pick which uh, which type of gasoline I'd like. Like, nothing is lost there. Everything is gained. And I think in the restaurants, as we continue to embrace this, I think what happens, and the point that you made, I want to just highlight, which is that we free up our people of all the transactional, boring stuff, and we free them up to do the really human work that only they can do, like actually uh, greeting people with a smile, like actually, you know, taking their coats and, you know, taking their umbrellas and, and making sure that we say goodbye and shaking their hands and, and all of that kind of stuff. We free them up to do that because you're absolutely right. Most people will walk in, they see the top of the host's head and, uh, and a finger being held up and, a, and they, they mouth the words, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just not a way to, to, you know, to, to, to make a first impression. A hundred percent. I'm huge on analogies. You just nailed a bunch of them that I that I love to use, <laughs> and, and and it 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 is totally true. Like, you know, unless that person at the counter, unless you make it your strategy to be incredible at that, and you're going to pay more, and you're gonna, you're going to spend a lot of time in hiring, you're going to spend a lot of time in training and retraining, and certification and things like that. It's going to yep. be it's going to be the experience that you described. Now it it. It, you know, it, unless you're going to do all that, it's going to be the experience you described. If you're not going to do all that, it is better to utilize the technology. It's better to have more of a neutral experience than it is to have, you know, a bad experience. Even, but, but, but I think even that goes with all for the like, training that you're talking yeah. about, even with all that training. And I yeah. come from a, a fine dining background and fine dining. We would pay a lot for reservations mm. for hosts and everything. But in fine dining, for example, 
you don't answer the phone on the floor. Like, like for the most part, you yeah. don't. That's yeah, just yeah. at a Michelin star level. Yeah. The phone is answered behind the scenes. So yeah. that's just somebody sitting behind the scenes, not doing anything else, yeah. just answering the phone when and if it rings. And then they have to come out and try and get an answer from the maitre d' or a manager and then go back. For the most part, we try very, very hard not to ever be on the phone yeah. at the front. That can just be can just be um, filled by one of these solutions you're talking about, 100%. Totally. Yeah, and, and my point there is just like you can either make it a strategic point. And so some of the, some of the aspects of fine dining you described, you, that is a strategic differentiator. You're, you're betting that your better experience is going to bring people back more and more. Um, but, but if you don't, then you utilize the best uh, tech or the best tool you have for the price. And then you invest in whatever your differentiator is. That could be huge quantities. It could be, you know, great exotic ingredients, whatever. But, but I do think that's the right way of thinking of it. It's like, is this a differentiator for me? If it's not, I need to find the cheapest, best way to do it and then spend my time. And, and more and more, that is not the differentiator. I will tell you the no. last three great restaurants, because I've made three uh, reservations in the last three weeks, last three reservations I've made at great New York City, Michelin-starred restaurants, all three of them, I was kicked to a phone tree and it was roughly two minutes, a minute to two minutes before I talked to a human being. Yeah. Right. Thank you for calling restaurant X, Y, Z. We're located in blah, blah, blah. You know, Michelin star rated, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm on hold. I'm on. I didn't even get somebody say, thank you so much for calling restaurant X, Y, Z. Could you hold, please? I didn't. It clicked right to a phone tree. Wouldn't it be better to say, thank you for calling X, uh, restaurant X, Y, and Z. What are you looking to do? I'm here to help you. And it's a computer. Okay. But is it better than a recording that I hear every time I go there. And I'm telling you, three reservations, three, um, I one, uh, two, you. I had to make a reservation. One, I had to change a reservation, which was even more frustrating because I couldn't do it on the app. Like, I, I had to call. There were, there were certain circumstances that led me to call. Three reservations in three weeks, and all three of them kicked me to a phone tree before, and it was a minute or two. Now, how many people do you think stuck it out um, the way None. that I did? I, I'm None. sure they lose... 40%, 50% of people who are like, forget this. 40% 40, 40 is actually what our survey found of consumers. If they can't get- There you go. They can't get somebody on the phone within a certain period of time, it's 40% drop. And I, I have two things just to add to that. Um, one is um, went with my family to London and Amsterdam over the summer, uh, both very, very heavy bookings culture. You know, if you're going to, a, I mean, New York is that way too, but it, it, if you're if you're going to- uh, a place that has any kind of heat, you know, has any kind of reputation, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a booking. Well, they're not using really tech for making bookings across most of Europe. And the UK has, has plenty, but there's still so many places where you can't just online make a booking. Well, guess what? They don't answer the phone either. <laughs> and so you call and you get just endless <laughs> ringing. Most of the time you don't even get a voicemail. Um, and so what do you have to do? You actually have to walk there you know, or, or drive there and make a booking. There's no other way to do it. Can you imagine how much business gets lost? I mean, these are busier That's places. Amazing. They might make the argument that I'm already, I'm already packed up. And so I don't have to do it, but still there's no doubt. I mean, there's not a restaurant in the world that doesn't need more business. You know what I mean? In, in one way or another or yeah. better business. The other thing I was going to tell you is on the phone, when we were doing some early discovery on our phone solution, we went to a single location place um, in Worcester, Mass. Great yes. single location business, um, pretty, 
I think it was six or 700 covers a day. Like it's, it's, it's big. Um, and we said, so tell us about how you handle phones. Oh, we bought, we have five phone lines. Like we bought, we, we bought five phone lines and between, <laughs> let's say like when, but there's a time of day between like three and six when people start calling to order. And, and so they'll have human beings who do all kinds of different stuff. Just go man the phones and take orders and take orders and take orders until the kitchen says no more. We're full up for the, you know, for the night or whatever. And then they take the phones off the hook and then they just, they just take them off the hook and that's it. And so when we saw that, I was like, oh my God, there's definitely opportunity to help restaurants here in that, you know, yeah. that's, that's just one subscription for us. You can get rid of all those other phone lines and it's going to handle as many calls as you need at once. Um, and if yep. they're making orders, you're going to get those directly into your POS and on and on. And that one was crazy. They also had three people running the wait list. And so, you know, there's one person taking phone, uh, phone reservations and writing it down on the, on the clipboard. Um, there's another person, you know, getting names on and off of it. And then there's one person who would go outside and just yell for people. They had a hollerer. This person is hollering. <laughs> you know, chip, your table's ready. And so we were like, uh, I mean, we have a, we don't push it too much, but we have a, a, a dynamic kind of um, waitlisting tool. And it just makes it so much simpler. Not, not only does it make it simpler, you don't have to have those three people doing all that. Um, you can also use that to capture people for your database. You can make recommendations to them while they're standing in line. You can give them offers. You, you could, I mean, yep. eventually you'll pre-order. And so it's just all those things that you might think, oh, this is just how it's done there's actually so much opportunity in it. And it's like, you might not like a tech, you might, you might have some hesitance towards the tech being between you and a guest, at least to start with. But when you see point of margin, point of margin, point of margin start to come back to your business because you're doing these things, you're not really gonna give a shit that a robot is talking on your phone. <laughs> it sounds like a person yep. anyway, but, but really you're gonna, be, you're gonna be pumped. You're gonna say, wow, my team members are doing so much more. I'm capturing all these opportunities. My business is better. My margins are better. That's what it's about. 100%. You know, it's funny, two things come to mind. I don't know, 12, 14 years ago, um, for a long time, about 10 years in New York City, um, I made my living as a maitre d'. So I opened restaurants, ran restaurants, moved to the next one, opened a restaurant, ran it, and I ran the front doors. And way back when, when I was doing that, I was the uh, number one, uh, the only person I knew who was doing that at that sort of that level in New York City that was Googling guests coming in. Now mm. it's sort of common practice. Uh, I was the first one and everybody looked at me and said, why are you doing this? I would come in two hours early and just Google everybody so that I knew who everybody was. It yeah. just seemed like a really good idea. Yeah. It still seems like a really good idea. Yeah. Um, number two, anytime we had walk-ins, um, I would always capture their information and put them and we had open table we used open table but it wasn't common practice you just sort of like take them oh, take them to table 32 and yeah. i said no no, no. Uh, what's your last name what's your first name what's your phone number what, what's your email address i want to just make sure we have you in the system for next time and people say oh it doesn't that annoy them i said if it annoys them they'll tell me yeah. they'll say i'd rather not give it can you just seat me and i can yeah. say sure no problem but if we don't ask it's always a no 
And that's the one thing that I wanted to say, just from from my perspective doing that. And it was the only, and now there's really great sort of waitlist solutions there where we're capturing data as people are coming in. Because if you do half of those 600 covers as walk-ins or, or more, maybe all of them as walk-ins, man, don't we want to know who they are so we can track when they're coming, how often they're coming, what they're getting when they come here. And so we can use that data to then convince them to come uh, to come back with greater frequency than they're already planning on coming. The other thing that I wanted yeah. to say was that, so now we're talking about high tech, right? We're talking about yeah. how do we use technology to create better hospitality. But I just want to pause here and say, I think this is one area where we don't do very good hospitality as it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's this great brunch place right near me and they don't take reservations on the weekends. And so as you can imagine, it's a madhouse. At any mm -hmm. given Sunday, there's, I don't know, 50 to 100 people outside. It's a mass. And there's two or three girls manning the clipboards and they're coming out. They're like, Chip, party of five, Chip. The holler. That's not hospitable. They're just <laughs> yeah. the hollerer, right? Yeah. Fast forward, rewind here back to last spring. Uh, my family and I went to Italy. We went to the Amalfi Coast. And our first full day in Sorrento, we took a boat ride up and down the coast. On our way back, we had such an incredible time. We said, hey, where's a really great restaurant, like great seafood restaurant? And the guy said, oh, right where I drop you, you're going to go there. It's a place called Porta Marina. And we said, oh, I remember that place. We walked by it. That's where we met you, right? He said, yeah, that's right where you met me. We were like, that place is a hole. And he said, no, no, no. You asked for the best seafood in Sorrento. That's the best seafood in Sorrento. You have to go there, right? Everything's so fresh. Everything's brought in within a matter of hours. And and you'll see. You'll see. there." And we we saw. We got off the boat. And it is packed. And you, as you can imagine, right by the harbor, right? Mm -hmm. Eight restaurants all in a row. And most of them are half full. And this place is bonkers. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, okay. You know, I guess this guy knew. Okay, let's go put our names in. We went in, have, you know, table for three. She said, okay, okay. Uh, okay, so I got a two, a two, I got a four, I have a three, and then I have you three. So uh, maybe like 20 minutes. Okay, do you, you'll wait. You'll, and I said, yeah, yeah, we'll wait. She said, okay. She goes away. Not two minutes later, she comes over with a handful of white wine glasses, all fill, half filled with white wine. She goes, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. Everybody's getting white wine, right? Here you go. Thank you. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much. A little bit of white wine, compl our compliments. The white wine was probably 70 cents, right? Yeah. Like it, it was yeah. not much. But three things happened. Number one, she was being hospitable, right? What do you do when somebody comes over to your house? What can I get for you? What do you want? Here, sit down, relax. That's what she was doing. Sit down, relax. Here's some wine. Number two, wine calms everybody's anxiety. Wine makes you more patient. It, ju it just does. Number three, she was playing defense because if you're sitting there and she tells you it's going to be 15 minutes and it becomes 20 or 25, right? Somebody's, you know, the kids are misbehaving or somebody's mm -hmm. just getting hungry. They're like, you know what? Let me see if one of these other places can take us, right? And this place, Porto Marina, knows that they need to keep all. And they're playing defense. And they're saying, oh, you got a glass of white wine. Well, now it would be rude to leave. You, you, you have free. I gave you free wine. It would be rude to go somewhere else. And it's not like you're going to go back and say, no, thanks. Take back your free white wine. I'm going to go next door. Number one, they're more hospitable. Number two, they're calming down the guests. Number three, they're playing defense and actually keeping people on that wait list. None of those three things have I, I've been in this industry for 24 years. I've been alive for 43 years, right? So I've been going to restaurants for a very long time. I've been very acutely aware of what we do in restaurants for over two decades. I've never had an experience like that, like I had last April. So when we talk about 
being hospitable. I don't want to be, I don't want uh, computers to take that over. Let's be really clear. We're actually not doing that good of a job to begin with. So let's not pretend we are. Man, I, I love so much about that story. And and we've, uh, in our waitlist tool, we've talked about so many things. Uh, uh, you know, we mentioned the guest profile before. And it's like, if we know that Chip is one of our top, you know, 25 customers or top 5% or whatever, and we know Chip loves white wine or Jack Daniels or whatever it is, the, the, the technology can do the math to tell the host this or the server or whoever it is or host or server or whatever to, hey, go, while Chip's waiting, go go comp a couple jacks. It's going to pay off. Um, and, and so yep. I have had that kind of experience before. It's, hey, hey while you're waiting, try some of this stuff. I do think it happens in, in Europe a little bit more. Um, but I want to bring it back to... That's the simplest. That's the simplest example of hospitality you could possibly give, right? I greeted you and the I served you. And the best. The that's right. And the best. That's right. I, I greeted you and I served you. What I think technology can do, like that, hasn't what you just described hasn't gotten more complicated. Everything Correct. else has. Everything else <laughs> has gotten more complex. So the trick that you can do with technology is still do those simple things. Um, through the chaos and noise of today. And so why was that easy in the past? Well, there weren't as many restaurants, there weren't as many people, there weren't as much, there wasn't as much choice. I see Chip, I recognize him, I know he's a good customer, I want him to be happy, I'm gonna give him wine, whatever. You gotta replicate that part because everything else has gotten so much noisier. And so running the business is so much noisier. Dealing with all, you know, uh, all, everything outside of the four walls uh, has gotten so complex, gotten so noisy. You still want to be able to do exactly what you just described, and I don't know how you do that with technology as a kind of counterpoint to all the noise and confusion. It's like it can help you find the signal in the noise. It can help you see. It, it can help take a lot of um, of that busy work, repetitive, non-human busy work off of people so that they can just do that. Like that wins 100%. business. Yeah, I, I love that. And that was a crazy busy restaurant in a very saturated market. Let's say that block right in front of the harbor is, and that could be Inner Harbor. That could be, you know, uh, Rittenhouse Square. That can be, right? We know every every city has one, yeah. right? It was a very busy corner of the world, and they were running around like chickens with their head cut off. I mean, literally. I, I bet you two servers were taking care of 40 or 50 tables in this place. Yeah. So like they had their hands full and still she took time out of her uh, out of her day to do that. I do think that um, I do think that technology ultimately, if we let it and yeah. if we and if we get intentional about it, can take over the transactional pieces of what we do so that we can open our eyes and say, man, I, I mean, I hope people are listening to this and going like, great, who can I free up? What technology can I use to free up? And then what can I have them do? You don't have to have the answer right now, but yeah. put it on them. Say, hey, I'm taking this off your plate. You no longer have to answer phones. So now how can we make sure that everybody comes in, has a better experience, has a, has a memorable experience? That was a year and a half ago, and I'm still telling that story yeah. because it's like I will continue. There are a handful of stories over the course of my life in restaurants that I continue to tell because they're just that good. I want to 
we're running out of time. So I want to ask you one last question here. Cause so I was telling you, I ran the front door for years and years and years in New York city. Um, open table was my baby. That was, I knew open table inside and out. Mm. And we were talking about, we were exchanging emails before we got on this podcast recording and, and I didn't even know this. So I'm going to let you explain it to me and the listeners. You guys have partnered now with open table. Is that right? Explain to me what that is and what it's all about. That's right. This is just one of those, um, you know, like I described, hey, we're here to kind of remove some steps, you know, in, in whatever process a, a restaurant has. I mean, this is very much about a, a, a convenience of of managing your menu across uh, different places. And so that that's how it's starting is it has very much to do with keeping your menu up to date uh, through open table, you know, and, and pop menu. Um, how it expands is a lot of the features that we offer in the menu. So the photos and reviews and ratings, things like that flowing into open table. So those are things that are, that are happening through it, but it's just an example of a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a seemingly minor inconvenience, but we're actually, I mean, we're, we're, we, we've talked to a lot of large hospitality groups and there's one that we've been working with and we've drawn out kind of a schematic of their tech stack. I don't know, there might be seven, eight points where menus need to be updated. Uh, and it sounds funny. I know there's been lots of solutions around this. There's not full solutions around it. This is just kind of moving towards that, uh, you know, another step towards that. Hey, this just simplifies this one more thing you don't have to think about. Um, so we're pumped about it. And there's a lot of exciting things we're talking about with them to expand the partnership. Awesome. Uh, Brandon, there's five questions that I ask everybody uh, these days who comes on the show. I don't think, did you answer these questions last time? I don't think you did. Uh, I don't know. The, the time is a, <laughs> like, if I... <laughs> yeah, time is a, it, it, it's just a fog over the past few years. I, some You're stuff, like, if I you'll did, probably mention it I and I'll say I did. <laughs> and no, here's well, the answer. Yeah, I'll yeah. go back and I, I don't think we did. So I got okay. five questions. You got time to answer these five questions? Absolutely. Let's do it. Perfect. Number number one, tell me about the last great meal you had. Last great meal I had was at Bones. Uh, Bones is a fantastic steakhouse in Atlanta. Old school. You want to talk hospitality? I actually have a friend uh, who's been married. Uh, these friends have been married 30 years. Um, and when they walk in, uh, e even if the reservation wasn't made on an open table, this is they followed the chip close method here. But when they walk in, even if it's been three or four years, uh, they still know exactly how she likes her steak. And they still, like they said, they remember so much about it. Unbelievable steakhouse. You got to get the hash brown though. If you come to Bones, come to Bones in Atlanta. Okay. It's incredible. Awesome. All right. Um, so I shared one of the best hospitality touches I've ever received. That was that restaurant, Porta Marina in Sorrento. Tell me about a great, the best or one of the best. Tell me about a great hospitality touch you've received and, and what made it so impactful. I could tell you one that was recent that's uh, also in Atlanta uh, is Bacchanalia, which is, uh, 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 I don't know, like we just got Michelin stars here in the past month or so. And I don't know that they got one, but they definitely got mentioned. Maybe, maybe they got one. Fantastic restaurant. And um, I was there with a group and... Um, we had, I don't know, six, seven courses, whatever it is, you know, and, and all of it was incredible. And there was a dessert course too. Uh, and then at the end, the chef walked out with this platter and it was a, a bunch of stuff. Like it was a bunch of Madeleines and then some, maybe some chocolate dip Madeleines and a few other dessert things. And it was just like, 
hey, I just made these and I thought you guys would love them. Just put down this thing on the table that I don't know. I mean, that's it's hard for me. I'm lucky that uh, I I have a lot of bests that I can <laughs> that I could that no, I could draw it... upon. But but what was super cool about that? I mean, we're already done. They didn't have to do it. Um, and there was a bunch of stuff in there that was just so well done. It did feel like being at someone's house and them saying, you know what? I'm not done giving you service yet. I'm not done making you feel great. Do you feel special? Cause I'm giving you this, you know, this chef made unbelievable platter of desserts. It was awesome. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, Jeannie comes down, grants you one wish as it relates to our industry. Uh, what do you wish for? Whew, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> Well, you could go a million ways with it. I, I, I would say, you know, um, I do keep seeing this thing where it's like, there are a lot, I think there's a really great kind of generation of, of tech companies um, who are really earnestly trying to help. I do think this uh, industry has particularly been abused by technology people for a long time. I think there's a great crop of generational companies. Um, I think, capital markets are tough, like raising money for, for technology is tough, you know? And, um, obviously I wouldn't use my wish on this, but I think a, a kind of moderate, reasonable wish would be, Hey, if you're a restaurant, give, give, give the earnest, like find the ones that are trying and give them a chance and give them some grace. And, and, and that is going to lead to more and more goodness for the industry. Um, I, love that. I, I do, I, there's always been this vicious cycle when it comes to restaurant tech in that it's hard to make tech for restaurants. It's hard to get restaurants to use it. Um, that makes your numbers look different compared to selling technology to graphic designers or whatever. And that makes investors like yep. it less. Um, and so I think, uh, if we could get to a point where there's more kind of openness and acceptance of, Hey, tech's not going to be perfect. Um, and it needs some space and it needs some time to grow. I think that would make the industry better to, to be honest. Yeah. It's funny. I feel the same way about what I do really as a restaurant coach, because there's a lot of bad actors out there and a lot of people who just like to sort of point and show all the things that are wrong um, rather than uh, getting really good at fixing the things. And I feel like I, it's an uphill battle uh, a lot. Um, and all the great work we do and all the impact we make is it's difficult um, for somebody that's on the other side, somebody that really needs help, somebody who has a problem, uh, who struggles with the thing that we fix. So um, I, I totally agree. Bad actors in the place. Um, uh, wish we could get rid of them. And I wish the uh, the operators um, would go seek out the good ones. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what would you uh, what advice would you give someone who's about to open their very first restaurant? Man, how much has it changed over the past few years? I mean, I would just say, I would just say, take the time to have a pretty clear vision about the business overall. I think when we see people fail, it's, it's, I'm good at one thing. And I think that that's all that matters. And in the past that, that was all that mattered. If you had great food, great hospitality, you're going to, you're going to make it. Um, cause, cause that in and of itself is so hard. But now there's so many other factors and and you should be really aware of that. You know, you should be really aware that you're not going to have a, you're not going to have a restaurant without a website and, and survive. You know, you're not going to have, uh, it's almost like punk rock. You know, it's like, 
it's like, Hey, you might want to get out there and and rock and everything, but if you aren't going to do certain things, you know, to gain fans, et cetera, you're, you're not going to be a band or you're just going to be a band for your house. Well, you can always cook food at home if you want, if you want to make it as a business, I think you got to really take a look around and acknowledge like, Hey, there, it's a little bit more complex. It's a lot more complex than it used to be. It's not just down to hospitality. Um, and you should yeah. really look at all aspects of it before you take it on, because if you're not up for that, you're, you're probably going to be out of business quick. Yeah. Great. All right. Last question. Um, look five years down the line and tell me something that's coming that you don't, that other people may not see coming. It's funny. Cause what you described that you used to do, uh, at, like, like at the essence of a lot of what we just talked about for the last kind of 15 minutes of this. It's going to be automatic. I mean, a lot of it's going to be automatic. Like you're going to know a lot about everybody that comes in. Um, maybe even whether they've been there before or not, and you're going to be able to use that to give great hospitality. And, and I do think you get over the hump of this transition of the business to incorporating more and more technology. It goes back to feeling like it used to, where it's like, Oh, I'm a regular, I'm special here. I get, I get right. certain kind of treatment. I think that's going to be automatic to be honest. Um, so I think what's great about AI, I mean, we're just, you know, we personally are like three or four years into it. Everyone woke up to chat DBT a year ago, you know, when, when, when that kind of hit, you know, mass, uh, kind of mass awareness, um, we're still in the early days of it, but we've already seen, it's incredibly powerful to, to help people do more with less. What, what industry can you possibly want to do, you know, can possibly need, uh, a tool like that where you can do more with less. So I, I think what happens is. AI helps just cut through a bunch of the noise and a bunch of the bullshit and makes it so you can be more of a just hospitality person and just do the things that you love. I think that's just a lot of this is just going to be automatic. And I I hope that's the way it is, because I think I don't want people who are great at hospitality to not be able to do it just because of all this other stuff, you know, being so hard. that's literally why I do what I do. I feel I feel that strongly that that's sort of gets to the heart of my why. Um, what I do, how I do it, why, why I do it every single day. Um, cause yeah, cause the people that are really good at it should keep doing it. Um, and I think we can just help them do it better. Um, listen, Brendan, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Tony had to pop off, but I appreciate him giving his time as well. Uh, I appreciate the company you're building, uh, the way that you're working with the industry. Any last words of wisdom, anything you want to share before I, uh, let you go? Hey, a pleasure. Always enjoy the conversation. I think uh, I, I, you know, I think we share out the the podcast a lot. We support it because obviously we agree a lot about a lot of things that that come with the industry. I think you're very visionary on the industry. Um, I hope more and more people listen. Um, I enjoy the chance to get to have this kind of conversation. Um, And uh, yeah, just just thanks for having us. And thanks for helping spread the word about us and uh, look forward to next time. I appreciate it. Yeah, next time. It's going to be great. All right, man. I appreciate it. Be well. Thanks, Chip. See it. Once again, I want to thank Brendan and Tony for taking time out of their day to sit and chat with me about everything they've been working on, about everything they've got coming down the pike. Hope you got something out of this conversation. If this is something uh, that you've considered, if this is something that sparked your attention today, then go set up a demo. You know the link is in the show notes. Go check out Pop Menu. Go check out the solutions that they have. Go through the free demo. It costs nothing to sit there and see what they got going on to at least see if this is uh, something you think will work for your restaurant. 
I want to uh, thank you guys for taking time out of your day uh, to be here. I know there's a lot of different great podcasts you can listen to, and I know you got a lot of things you can work on. So I appreciate you tuning in to better yourselves, to better your restaurant. Uh, we haven't talked about this in a while, but I will mention it. Uh, I wrote a book, The Restaurant Marketing Mindset. You can go to therestaurantmarketingmindset.com and get your copy, especially here if you're in the United States. Get that. I can send it anywhere in the United States. Uh, if you are beyond, go to Amazon, go Barnes & Noble. Just Google The Restaurant Marketing Mindset and uh, for sure you will find options of where to get it online. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you very much. And I will see you next time.